Hi there, friends. Good to see you. A fun one today. Every Tuesday, we like to take a spin around the sun. I don't want to fly too close like Icarus, but the sun, in my case, is my mentor. Please welcome to the program, as always on Tuesdays, Mr. The legendary Mr. Charles Adler, ladies and gentlemen. What are you holding up? What do you got, Chuck? Uh, this, I, w- I was wearing this earlier today, and I was in the public health care system. Yeah. And they did a great job. Every one of their staffers was wonderful. Nurses, mm-hmm. uh, techs, associates, um, yeah. secretaries, assistants, the doctors. Of course, the doctors, they, they matter too. And uh, they all did a wonderful right job. Here. Dr. Uh, Dabika. Dude, it depends on where you're from if doctors matter. Like, there are a lot of bathroom doctors out there that I've learned exist on Facebook over the past couple yeah. of years. Right? Well, this these were real doctors. And uh, the, the, the lead doctor, the surgeon, he says to me at the beginning of the diagnosis, uh, Mr. Adler, I don't know if I can help you. So I thought, okay, another person has just walked into my life requiring a little bit of inspiration, motivation, and maybe some laughs. So he said, Mr. Adler, I don't know if I can help you. I said, you can help me. As a matter of fact, you're, gonna, you're going to change my life. And I don't know, I don't know, but it just, it just it set his ass on fire. I mean, it was just a, um, it turned into a really great session. And he did and help. He helped you? Did he help yeah. you? He ended up figuring yeah. out that you had some issues. You had some yeah, issues well, with yeah, you. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm over the age of 29. And once yeah. you get past 29, you get. Things should happen. But yeah. the thing is, here, here's the thing. Um, when people have these issues, medical issues, yeah, uh, physiological issues, you know, they tend to think, oh, it's over. It's over. Uh, I'm, I'm done for. And they, they, especially they, the older you get. Especially yeah, the older you get, you, you're like, What is uh, it about older death. people getting narcissistic? I mean, the, tru- <laughs> the truth is the truth is the truth. And, you know, what Dean and I are all about here is the relentless yeah. search for truth. Yeah, it's yeah. important to entertain, but it's got to have a basis in truth. And there's a voracious appetite for truth because there are so many, so many liars out there. <laughs> so many, so many so many and cheats and ne'er-do-wells and just really skanky, ugly, coos chasing bastards. And, uh, and, and the only way that you can fight that constructively is to occasionally listen to somebody yeah. who cares about the truth. And Dean and I, I the truth. That's what I care about most. Right. On Tuesdays, especially, the truth matters more to me on Tuesdays because you're here and I can't sneak yeah. past a lie. Like it's like one of those yeah. things. And we so we're going to talk about a couple of truths yeah. today. We're going to talk about medical truths. To your point, let's touch on that. Uh, the older you get, the more aches and pains you get, and the yeah, more and, every and, single and people, one of them people, is going to kill you. Yeah. And people who have these aches and pains forget because they get so narcissistic. Yeah. You're not the only one, Jack. There are millions <laughs> like you. Chances are they've millions like you. They've had it even worse. And these doctors, no matter what yeah. you may think of them, okay, they have helped people. Science, no matter what you think, big pharma, evil, big pharma. Big pharma has helped millions of people, and they likely can help you. So stop yeah. with this nonsense that you're the first one who ever got this disease and you're dying. No, you're not dying. But imagine if you are the first one, though. Imagine if you are the first person <laughs> to get said disease. Like when Lou Gehrig got his own disease. Terrible. My answer to all these people who give me this, because they call me, yeah. they tell me, I'm dying. You're not dying. I'm dying of boredom, <laughs> listening to you whining <laughs> every day. I'm dying. I'm dying of this. I'm dying of that. Every day you're dying of something else. You're not yeah. that important. You're, well, not, you're, not, you're not pioneering anything. You've got what millions of others do. Go to the hospital. Yeah, go ask a guy. 
who's trained to figure that out. It's amazing to me how many of us, and I'm dude, I'm in the same boat, like up until about four or five yep. years ago, aches, pains. It's like a guaranteed that's cancer. I'm going to be dead in three weeks. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's all over. Look at me. Everything's terrible. And you're like, Oh, the pain went away like four hours later. Maybe it's not. Maybe I can go live my life. And then like the next morning, you wake up with your headache. You're like tumor. It's gotta be a tumor. That's yeah, it. It's well, over. But when we have these pains and afflictions, we inflict it on our friends. Don't call your friend. Call a doctor. Mm. Like how much time do people have to, some people they waste months a lot. talking about their aches and pains with people who don't, who don't know anything. And you know, and they, they the incredible, they, 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 I'm sorry. No, no. The, the incredible part of that is, is that like we're, we, when we get sick or something happens to yeah. us, let's say we got an ache, we got a pain, we got a lump somewhere yeah, or we had a bad day pooping. Right. We, what we do is we invent like a million different reasons that it's over. And then we call people and we're like, you know, I just wanted to talk to you because today might be my last day. I've had those phone calls with like a buddy of mine about a year ago. He calls me and he's like, I just want to tell you, I appreciate our friendship. And I'm like, thanks, dude. Are you okay? And he's like, well, I'm going in for a procedure tomorrow. And I just wanted to say, I'm like, oh, what procedure? He's like, colonoscopy. And I'm like, so like, is it, are they doing major surgery? Like, is there a chance you're going to die? He goes, no, it's routine, but I'm pretty sure there's something wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, because I've been, you know, I've had some bad poops lately. And I'm like, okay, so wait a second. <laughs> Routine colonoscopy at 45 because you've been having bad shits. Great idea. Super yeah. smart because you're going to go get an answer and you're going to be free with that answer. And he's like, yeah, or I'm dead. And I'm like, hmm, well, let me know how it goes. 17 hours later, I get a phone call. Hey, man, you want to meet for wings? And I'm like, let me guess. More fiber in your diet? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it was constipated. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, I'll yeah. meet you for wings. For sure, for sure. But we all have those friends. And to to a, a, a more vulnerable point, I'm the same way. It's just yeah. I don't like call people and go like I internalize it and I suffer in my death, like in my own house. I'm like, no, it's oh. over. I'm not going to tell anybody about this. But, but it's crazy. The doctor and he's like, dude, you just need some Metamucil. You're going to be great. Yeah. But it's crazy when we have a plumbing problem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's overflowing. It doesn't matter what it is. Something in the bathroom, something in the kitchen doesn't work. You don't call a friend, you call a plumber. Yeah. So why is it that when we have an ache in our ear, our eye, our colon, our armpit, we're yeah. calling a friend. Don't call your friend. Get a doctor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Seems to make sense. Unless, of course, you don't believe doctors, which speaks to the truth and a lie, right? Something we like to talk about. Um, yeah. There is a group of people out there, speaking of doctors, and let's tie this into a lie, because I want to know a couple of things today about one Justin Trudeau. Don't know his middle oh. name. Don't care. Um, and it and it relates to the same crew that seems to think that they've spent, you know, a couple months during the pandemic reading um, conspiracy theory books and, you know, surfing Facebook. And they found something on there about vaccines that nobody mm -hmm. wants. And it's an experimental thing. And and I have never in my life seen anybody hated in this country as much as Justin Trudeau by a group of people. And they are they punch way above their weight when it comes to that hatred. So I want to get to what that hatred is. To, to the point, there's a certain segment of society out there that doesn't trust government, that is paranoid, that is angry, that doesn't read and doesn't care to read, that does what you and I are talking about when they get sick. They phone a friend and they go, hey, just, you know, I buried a whole bunch of shit in the backyard because I'm going to die. So you need to come get it. Give it to my wife after. There's that certain group of people that legitimately, if you said to them, hey, listen, Justin Trudeau, you and I were talking about this the other night. Justin Trudeau has a vaccine 
and is it's from the Trudeau Foundation. They paid for it. They're going to yeah. give it away. Yeah. And there's a disease coming that's going to kill everybody, including you. Are you going to take it? I bet you half of this country, no, for sure, most of I, Western Canada, half of this country would go would rather die yeah, than get a proven vaccine yeah. from that man. No, no, I'd rather die than, than have his. I've, I've got his bumper sticker on my truck. I've said F Trudeau. I've made my stand. I've taken my principled stand. That's no, right. I won't take the vax. I, I'll die. I'll be a martyr. I'll, be, yeah. I'll join the culture of death rather than take anything, anything at all that he has anything to do with. F him. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, <laughs> like it's seriously, we've reached no, that we level joke, of joke, hatred joke, for this man. We joke about these people. People people have decided, you know, people fall in love sometimes for irrational reasons. You know, they're attracted to, to body parts. Yeah. And you've got a, a, a whole crew of people. And it's not a, when I say crew, I'm not talking about, you know, enough to fill a war canoe. I'm talking about enough to fill the U.S. Marine Corps and, and then some. I mean, there are millions of people in this country who decided that they're in hate with a person and they blame this person for everything. You know, the price of strawberries is $8 a pound for berries. Got to be Trudeau. Trudeau sits in his cave somewhere and decides how much Getting his calculator out going, how much are we going to yeah. hose Canada for for berries this Yeah, every, every day Trudeau wakes up, uh, he's trying to figure out how to kick you in the berries. Yes. That's all he does. He wants to, he wants to hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, can I? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> have you ever in your life, in your 69 years, in your 50 <laughs> professional careers at the yes. top of Canada's news and political game in legendary little Emmy back there saying, how you doing? Have you in your life, in your life, ever seen? As we used to say in America, you, yes, I ain't bragging if you can yep, do that. That's right. Hey, bragging. <laughs> he holds up his Emmy, which I don't have. I'll never have one. Um, why do people hate him so much? Let's uh, go through the reasons. Let's try and figure this out today because I'm I'm like fascinated by it. Okay, let me fascinated. let me give you a reason number one. Yeah. He is incredibly good looking. Or as some women like to say, creamy. Okay. Justin Trudeau is creamy. <laughs> creamy. Creamy Justin Trudeau, he is a good-looking dude. He is, and a guy, guys, I, I, I don't know what it is about guys. Um, they love having an ugly friend. I know a lot of good-looking guys who want to have an ugly friend. A lot of very, very tall guys who want to have a very short, fat, ugly friend. I don't know why, but Trudeau is never going to be a short, fat, ugly friend. It's not just, it's not in his, not in his DNA. Not going to happen. And for some reason, the fact that the prime minister looks creamy. Really creams off a, a lot of people. Yeah, it really does. But but that's the thing. Like I I try you know, and it's part of the both sides conversation. And I want to figure out why people hate him today. But it, it, it's part of the both sides conversation. It's like he gets heat just because you know we can't quite possibly think the other side are this dumb, this bad, this evil. Can't the other side like conservatives today voted against any more aid for Ukraine? And you're like, okay, well, like, can we just let's all coming out in the wash here? Let's all like, you know, look at who who's hated and why they're hated. One side is dark, the other side is not. But like, I am trying to find legitimate reasons to sewer Justin Trudeau on a somewhat regular basis, so I don't look high-handed, as they say, right? And it's really difficult for me to find some at the moment because. 
of what is on the other side of that aisle. So I go back to you with the question, you know, is it messaging? Are there specific reasons why? I, you know, he's perceived, he's a perceived as a, a person who Because he can't just because he's good looking, Chuck. It well, can't no, wait, that can't be the only but, reason. Of course, yeah, that's not the only reason. The, the other reason is that he's known to be a person who doesn't mind borrowing or printing, as some people like to call it, a few trillion dollars, many billions of dollars, but many dollars uh, to keep the economy going. That creates a little bit of inflation. That's not most of inflation. It's a little chunk of inflation, but that yeah. is definitely held against them. And, and I think that many people still resent, and probably will resent all the way to their graves, the fact, it is a fact, that millions of Canadians during the pandemic who were not working, some of them couldn't work. In some cases, the shops they were working at, the factories, whatever, were closed. All right. Anyway, they got money for nothing. And people who worked throughout the pandemic, some of them, who, some of whom were working harder than ever, uh, with a lot of anxiety because of uh, vaccines, no vaccines, who's sick, am I going to get sick because this guy's anti-vax, you know, whatever, all, all that stuff that was going on, all that extra tension. So some of these people are working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and they see other people who are working zero hours a week, week after week after week after week after week, getting money for nothing. And of course, they blame Trudeau. And I think mm. when that goes on for a period of almost two years, it sticks. So it's not just it's not just that the prime minister is creamy. Yeah, no, I, I know he's creamy. Great ass, too, by the way, if you're going to talk about, you know, the way he looks, his physiology. I mean, the guy's just stacked. But anyway, um, but it, see, here's the thing. It can't just be that because that doesn't make any sense to right. me, Chuck. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because that money was available to everybody, no matter who you vote for. Right. Yeah. Business is. But, but it was it happened during his. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like people want to tag a prime minister when the economy sucks. Oh, he created the economy. He didn't create the economy. Oh. Uh, the economy is bigger than he is. The economy is bigger than the government is. But uh, he was so. You know, some people want to credit um, a prime minister when the economy is good. And certainly the government wants to credit the prime minister when the, when the economy is good. And yeah. some people tag the prime minister. So if people are still upset. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Beef, pork, turkey, cheese, whatever. You know, the stuff yeah. that people want. Let's just call it, you know, the bacon and eggs economics. For people who love their bacon and eggs, they feel that their bacon and eggs are much more expensive now than they were four or five years ago. Which they Trudeau's are. been here for all those four or five years, so Polyev keeps reminding me, you know, well, before Justin Trudeau, price of bacon and egg, okay. And, and the stuff works. I'm not saying it works on everybody, yeah, but it works on a lot of people. Well, it does, but it works on people that don't ask for receipts. So let's go through some of those, right? Let's go right. through Canada's inflation rate. It's the lowest out of every single G7. And I'm not stumping for Trudeau. I do not like him. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out why I don't, other than the overly performative woke shit that everybody seems to have a problem with. Now, now that, you know, again, that is open for translation and interpretation, what you think woke is, but I'm talking about the overly performative, you know, getting dressed up in a sari, dancing in different outfits in different countries. But Pierre Polyev does the same thing on a somewhat regular basis where he'll walk into a mosque and wear something or walk into a, into a synagogue and wear something or walk into, you know, he'll take on whatever the religion or the culture is so that he can get paid and he can invite up to these groups. My, my, my racism was tested today. And yeah. I passed. I passed. Okay, good. Okay. Do uh, I want to ask? No, just a, the, the first person that I dealt with at the hospital, mm -hmm. she couldn't have been nicer. She couldn't have been more efficient. Uh, she couldn't have been more generous. Sure. And she she was dressed up like someone, you know, in a different time and day. Yeah. 
I would have said someone who comes from some land far Another away. country. Yeah. Cultural you know, stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, her, her pants were different. Her scarf was different. Everything was different, but here's what wasn't different. She had a Canadian heart. Okay. And it connected with my Canadian heart. And yeah. I come from somewhere else and she may come from somewhere else, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, I mm. needed help. She provided me with help. And when that's happening, you don't care mm -hmm. unless you're a, Unless you really are a racist, you don't care. Mm -hmm. No, all the other no, stuff. you don't. So I, I felt I, I felt I passed, and I said to myself, if everybody had this experience of the people they're suspicious of, yeah, they'd be less suspicious of them. And I think the suspicion does lead to hatred. And you know, one thing I, I did learn in the states, it was in the parts of the United States where there were no minorities, no blacks, no Hispanics, no Jews, nobody admitting they were gay. Yeah. Nothing. Everybody was that same, you know, white, Christian, male and female. And and it was just that way. And those were the places where there was the most amount of fear, the most amount of resentment. And yes, I have to say it, the most amount of racism and homophobia and all of us. I don't want to start sounding like, like, you know, Johnny Woke here. But I mean, you know, check off the boxes. They checked off the boxes because they had no contact at all with these folks. Sure. And so I'm not saying that every person that looks different than you is a, is a wonderful person like this one. I mean, I thought, that's not what I'm saying. Not all of not all of the others, not all of the, the, the so-called white folks are wonderful people either. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, what a treat she is. She she said one day, you know, sometimes they reveal themselves. Yeah. She said, you know, I've met some I've met some white people that I hate. <laughs> What a ringing endorsement. <laughs> I'm fair. I, 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 I don't like non-white people, but yeah. there are a couple of white people that I really don't like. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, um, it, it matters in context, though, because you're touching on something that I think yeah. is the problem, right? And because if you look for like a metric as to why anybody would hate Justin Trudeau as much as they do, where, you know, they're, everybody's like desecrating their $140,000 Dodge Ram trucks with fuck Trudeau flags that they're duct taping to their uh, truck bed mm -hmm. um, or, you know, starting hate groups about this guy or mobbing him at restaurants, which happened in Hamilton, happened in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, it was an organized effort to go and show up and treat this man like shit. Yeah. Had he done something to deserve that? Had he acted like even a quarter like Pierre Polyev acted? Uh, with with disdain and disinterest in, for a hateful, adoring group of people. Had he acted like anything else, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I get that you're mad. But the, the anger borders on danger. The anger borders yeah. on stochastic terrorism in some some senses where it's like, you know, it's not just I don't see anybody saying, hey, let's go and build a noose so we can hang that guy from that party. The only people that want to, and they'll say it out loud in this country, yeah. that certain segment of Canadians will want to hang the guy. And yeah. let's get, I mean, they brought gallows and, and fucking well, look, I mean, they, they, to they Ottawa. To, you know, without getting into any numbers, I'm not suggesting I have the numbers, but the numbers are exponentially larger than they were for his predecessors. The amount that our government, our people, our taxpayers have to spend on security to protect Justin Trudeau in a number of ways. Yeah. And one of the reasons that money is being spent and needs to be spent and is fully justifiable is because all of the haters out there and all of the hate, especially on, on social media, does 
motivate some people say inspire. I don't like to use inspire in that, that context, but does motivate some people yeah. to make real, genuine death threats. And some of these people are borderline insane and they are armed to the teeth. They don't have any teeth, but they're armed to the teeth. Armed to the gums? Yeah. <laughs> Elmer, get back in the trailer. Brush your tooth. Brush but your tooth, should- Elmer. As always, the Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by our friends at factcheck.io. Factcheck.io. Do you believe? The good people at FactCheck are a quorum of software professionals, psychological professionals, journalists that have been very busy building some software so that you can fact check anything that you read. It doesn't matter if it's got a URL, you'll be able to fact check it. Alternative sources, origins, whether or not it was an organic or inorganic campaign, whether or not you can trust the people that are putting out the information and alternative sources. And there's going to be a weapon button too, where you can turn that information around and put it back out there accurately to combat disinformation. The good people at factcheck.io are right now testing their beta version of their free program. Yes, it will be free for anybody who wants to use it. They want to battle disinformation because it is a problem. Go to factcheck.io today. F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. The world's most robust fact-checking disinformation software for news, social media, video, print, anything spoken word. These people are on the tip. And they use some of the finest software technology to be able to give you the advantage when it comes to getting agency back in your life, when it comes to information that you read. Go to factcheck.io today for more information. Sign up for the beta test, F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. The Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by factcheck.io. Factcheck.io, makers of the world's most comprehensive fact-checking software that have been very busy building some software so that you can fact check anything that you read. It doesn't matter if it's got a URL, you'll be able to fact check it. Alternative sources, origins, whether or not it was an organic or inorganic campaign, whether or not you can trust the people that are putting out the information so that you can give yourself agency over information in the age of disinformation. Again, want to beta test their product? They're going to launch it in the next month or two. Go to factcheck.io today. F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K. .io back to the show but dude these are and that's my point is that you know you get to the heart of the matter when you talk about where racism is most virulent right and you've got one group of people that are consistently being firehosed into being told that that the way of life the way of their old school canadian life is being removed from them by that guy yeah. Right. Yeah. That guy is coming for your privilege. That guy is coming for your spot in the hierarchy of social Canada. That guy's coming for you being at the front of the line. That guy is coming for your color. He wants to bring other people. And, and listen, I'm not going to get into the policy of immigration where it affects housing and rent control and all that other shit because I, I, it doesn't matter. It's such a low number and it's such a small, insignificant issue when it comes to why we have housing units because that's what everybody leans into. They're like, and they take every small issue and they place it at his feet. And it, it is always the same person. It is always the same kind of person. And that person, to your point, is someone in a community where they think something's been taken away from them and he's the guy doing it. And so he's everything from a pedophile. He's ever like and, and it's like, let's get the noose. Let's go to Ottawa. Let's camp out. 
let's let's get a couple hundred cars with a whole bunch of meth heads and go and do our business on the streets of Ottawa and show people how upset we are. But to your point, it seems to be, which is unbelievable to me, that the vitriolic hatred, the the threats to kill him, which, you know, a woman in Saskatchewan got arrested about a month, month and a half ago after we put out a video that she recorded where she said, hey, if someone wants to pay my daily work fee at the Circle K, I'll gladly take the day off and go and shoot the guy. Like, she got arrested in yeah. Saskatchewan. There's a documented case on CBC, CTV. We broke the story, but everybody else ran into it as well. And And the truth of the matter is, it only happens to the one dude. Like, it only happens to him. It doesn't happen to anybody else. No, no. and no, and you never, so you never I hear about fight. extra protection being necessary for for Pierre Polyev or nobody. Thing. It's all about the lynch mob is out to get uh, Justin Trudeau, right? No doubt about it, right? And so I try to find Chuck. Listen, I'm trying to find reasons. I am, but, but it's irrational. It's irrational behavior. It's irrational behavior. You know, we talk about the relentless pursuit of truth. The truth is there are a certain number of people in every society highly attracted to hating on somebody. And Canada has the same kind of society. And the haters have picked Trudeau. They have fallen in love with their hate of Justin Trudeau. And no, this isn't about shilling for Trudeau and apologizing for him and rationalizing. We're just looking at reality squarely in the face. And it's a part of Canada that none of us really like. I don't think, I don't think any of us are, are proud of it, but to try to pretend that it doesn't exist in Canada is ridiculous. We have haters in Canada and their favorite target is the prime minister. And I, I still, regardless of what the polls say, I don't know how this ends up a year from now, a year and a half from now, maybe almost two years from now when we have an election. There may be a number of Canadians who want to give all the haters the finger. And if they do, they will vote for the creamy guy. What are the <laughs> for the creamy dude? What are the reasons, if if legitimate, do these people have not to hate him this much? Because there is no reason to hate anybody that much. Anybody, uh, I don't care who you are, I don't care what they've done. There is no reason to hate anybody that much. Like I, I think Pierre Polyev is a terrible fucking human being, and I give reasons for that. Like I give value for money when we talk about what it is. He is a man of no character. Uh, he is mean. He is nasty. He treats women like garbage. He treats reporters like garbage. He is a like a fire hose. He's a howitzer of lies. But, lies. But I, let me. You know, as you know, I was born in this Central European country uh, yeah. called Hungary, which borders on Ukraine. So may I yeah. speak up for my neighbors for a moment? Please. You know, yeah. I don't I don't make any bones about it. You know, Russia is committing war crimes every minute of every day. And to me, Vladimir Putin is an unindicted war criminal. I wish, I wish he could just be taken to The Hague right now in the Netherlands and be put on trial for his crimes. Okay. I don't want him, I don't want him to be thrown in jail without a trial. I want him to have his trial. But he's a he's an un, as far as I'm concerned, Vladimir Putin is an unindicted war criminal. Mm -hmm. Zelensky to me, is a hero. He's a hero of freedom. He's a hero of, of democracy. He is a man among men. And Pierre Polyev and his crew, every single day, are putting the boots to Zelensky and Ukraine. I have a certain amount of speculation I could always offer on why that is, but it doesn't matter. There is no excuse for one of the major 
parties in this country that happens to be ahead in the polls right now to be picking on and putting the boots to Ukraine every single day, except, of course, their their mentors, the American right wing, also wants to put the boots to Ukraine. And it may, be, it may just be a coincidence that, that the conservatives here have decided to go the way of their American cousins. You know, it's it maybe a coincidence. You know, it's but not. some people don't. Some people don't believe in those kinds of coincidences. Well, dude, you know it isn't. I know it isn't. I know that they are. They are sharing notes. I know that the goal for them, much like Rogan calling out Justin Trudeau for being a commie, uh, you know, a censor, all the things that he said. Trudeau is an asshole. He censors. Well, he, went people, he went beyond that. Him. He called. He called Canada a shithole. A frozen shithole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? There were Canadians and Canadian news publications that celebrated that. Oh, yeah. And, and not not real news publications. I'm talking about the the fake news publications that <laughs> pretend to be news publications like right. Canada Proud. And I've got Lobbyists. no problem saying their name here. Yeah, Lobbyists, yeah, yeah. Lobbyists, uh, charity, so-called charities, yeah. registered yeah. charities. And, and so anyway, they, uh, the, the, they, these, the, these folks, these folks love to crap on Canada. And they call themselves great Canadians. They call themselves patriots. They call themselves a lot of things. I've got some names I don't want to call them publicly. But are 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 people angry over more lies? Like that's the question I have because they all believe the same lies told from the same people. Like Canada is not a frozen shithole that censors anybody, nobody, and is definitely not a communist frozen shithole. Like you know, I have, I have, like I have nothing to say to someone who wants, whether they're American or Canadian, who calls my country a frozen shithole. I have nothing to say to them except, f off. Two words, two simple words. I don't have to say it with a whole bunch of power and anger. I don't have to torque it up. I don't have to. Sh- I don't have to to shout. I can say it quietly. F off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Well, we don't. Nothing else to say. But we. But but here's the thing, and that's my point is that everything that these people believe is true about the person that they hate, generally speaking, is a lie. You can ask somebody, well, why do you hate him? Well, I just do. Okay, well, why? Well, because he's gay. I heard that one the other day. And I'm like, well, first of all, you don't know if he is. And if that's your reason that you don't like him, then you're an idiot. And I'll tell you why I don't like him. I'll tell you why I don't like him before I I get into that part. I don't like him because he called the COVID election for extra seats. When we were okay. at our sickest, right. and I was so very like disappointed. You don't like him because he was being a politician. Exactly. Like okay. he, you know, that was the worst the thing to do at the worst time yeah. ever, right? Like it was the committed worst. the act of crime. Uh, politician got caught committing the act of politics. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, but dude, right. under right. extreme I duress. I, I totally get it. I totally I get it. Under, took, under extreme took, duress. He took advantage of the situation. He never thought he'd be more popular than, than he was there because he felt he had just saved the country and saved the economy. Yeah. And hey, why don't I get people give people a chance to vote on that? Totally. Um, so fine. But you know, when it when it when it when it comes to the people who want to rag on our country, there's nothing that turns me off more than people who want to speak back to that by talking about all the wonderful things about Canada. Excuse me. If they thought those things matter to them, they wouldn't be saying that. I don't have to defend Canada. Canada can defend itself. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's the Adler family's promised land. I've said that probably more mm-hmm. than three or four times on your show uh, and my show. That's what Canada is. And if Joe Rogan thinks that Canada is to him what Trudeau is to the convoy guys, that it's just this, this country that he can just keep giving the, the finger to, Believing in his, I guess, imagination that 
that's his way of fighting what fighting the wokies fighting the left whatever but for his, but let me just get to something else you mentioned a lot of people say they don't like Justin Trudeau because they believe he's gay which is the same thing as saying they hate gay people yep so riddle riddle me this batman um why do people and i i've, I've you know i grew up in montreal uh which was you know the paris of north america and all that and the whole gay thing, I'm telling you, for my entire life, the gay thing was never a big deal at all, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, I never experienced any homophobia until I, I moved to Ontario, okay? Um, just like I, I never I never experienced a lot of anti, in, in, in those days it was, you know, Pakistani stuff, uh, anti-Pakistani. People were being called Pakis, and, and, and it was just really vile stuff. This was in, in Toronto. I never experienced that in, in Montreal. So I guess I was very naive Canadian growing up in Montreal without a whole lot of hate. And then I experienced it when I, when I moved West, not just Ontario, but other, other provinces. Uh, so this homophobia stuff, this, this gay stuff, where does it, where does it come from? Where does it come? You're, you're my pod God. You have all of the answers yeah. to these kinds of questions. And you grew up in various parts of Canada, Western Canada and Ontario. Yeah. What, what, what is it that drives so many, usually it's men, not women. What what is it that drives? Because I, I don't believe it's it's just religion. It can't always be all roads lead to Rome, all roads lead to the church. It's it's, it's got to be beyond that. And if it is just religion, then say so. But I have never been able to understand. I can understand why some people don't feel comfortable with people who aren't exactly like that. That's fine. It's this hate thing. Why do men hate gay people? I don't think men do. I think certain men do. Um, you know, and as someone who was fired under a cloud of alleged homophobia uh, mm -hmm. a good 10 years ago, um, I can tell you that there are two things at play here that I've because I took a lot of time to sit back and go, OK, listen, this is not appropriate for people to say I'm homophobic when it's the thing that I used to stand up for it's at its at its best. Uh, whether it was Pride Day, whether it was accepting people or having gay co-hosts, which I had for the entirety of my 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 tenure on the radio. Um, and two things. One is there's a certain segment of society that was brought up to think being gay is the worst thing in the world, whether it's through religion or an overbearing dad who liked to get dressed up in a nice sundress when everybody took off for Sunday school. Like, you know what I mean? There's there there's projection there. There's also like fear there where it's like, I don't want that anywhere near me because I was taught that it's terrible. And I'm not blaming that solely on religion, but I would put a good 75% on Abrahamic faith telling you that that's a sin, right? Whether you're Muslim, Christian, whatever the deal is. And I'm going to not take a strip off anybody that believes in Abrahamic religion today. I'm just going to say, hey, I don't share your, your opinion or your view. I share a very human perspective. And so the other part is there are people out there that uh, we're caught up in in that joke mentality, right? Where it's like, oh, we can crack jokes. But the, there are, the, these are not things to joke about anymore. And we're a progressive society where we've figured out, hey, listen, these people, no matter who you're making fun of and their sexual preference, if they are gay, they are fighting a battle that you will never, ever, ever understand. From waking up in the morning, you think there's something wrong with them to go into bed. And, and so there are people who hate on that because they also feel the same way. There are a lot of repressed gay men that must, who go. That must, that must be a big, big chunk of it because huge. Because if, if, if you do, if you do hate yourself, essentially, I mean, you got a, a self hate thing going on. Then I guess you'll project it on people who are gay, especially if they're openly gay. Because I, I do get the impression that some of these 
closet gay types. They don't just hate gay people. They gay, they hate gay, gay people who are really proud. And I, I think the term gay pride makes some of these homophobes just flaming crazy. It makes them nuts. And and you know what? It, it also it's it's kind of fascinating because you know when you look at you you bring something up about him being a good looking dude. Um, every dude, like we're just as petty as, you know, when people talk about women getting jealous when other women walk in the room, wow. dudes are no different. We're no different from that. Like when you see a dude walk in and he's an alpha and he carries himself and you're feeling <laughs> bad about yourself and he's got a smile on his face and he's doing one of these and he's doing a, and he's got a better job than you. He's got a hotter wife than you. He's got a nicer car than you. you know, dude, you know, there's a, there are millions of those dudes that call themselves alphas yeah. that look at him and go. How is it possible that 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 yoga stretching MF, that good looking <laughs> SOB is the most powerful guy in this country? And how does he have everything I do? He looks so effeminate. He dresses so well. So the, yeah. the only way and it's it, it's the old adage, like the reason people tear you down is so they can stand on your shoulders. Right. These people think they're doing it, but then they go back to their trailer park at night and they fill their ashtray up with DeMaurier's or off brand res smokes. And they sit and lament the fact that they hate him that much because he's good looking. <laughs> like, so I, 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 I'm uh, not even kidding you. No, I, I hear you. I mean, I, this is easy for me to identify with because I can, you know, they've got Uncle Chuck's got a story. Come closer. I've got a story. Okay. Oh, wow. uh, years ago, when I, I first uh, bumped into him, and uh, when I did, I guess, I don't know, 10 years ago, something like that. And uh, at that point, uh, my trim waistline was gone, right? I, I set it on fire you know, after I turned 40, and I, I no longer had the trim waistline. So the first thing I noticed when I bump into him, he's got this incredible, I, I, you know, so I had to ask him. I said, have you got like, have you got like a 30, 31 inch waist? And he says, yeah, it's just, it's just, just the jeans. And that was, that was that. Then we went on and we discussed other things. But that was the first thing because it was just, it was impossible for me when he walked into the room for me not to notice but yeah, he's, he's tall, dark, and handsome. But you know, you bump into tall, dark, handsome people all the time. That's not not that big a deal, especially when you're in entertainment, you're broadcasting, you're television, you're, you're all those things. That's not a big deal for me. I that you know bumped into a lot of tall, dark, handsome people. Yeah, but did you feel threatened by the fact that he's tall, no, dark, no, and handsome? No, no, no just, because no, you're I a just, secure I, individual, right? No, I didn't. I didn't feel threatened. It just it was almost it was he, he was almost a freak. Like, how does a guy have a waist that unless he's working out? All the time, which I know he doesn't have time for. So I, I had to ask. What's him he like? Size his waist. And what do you ask him well, about his waist? The, what the did first, he say? First thing, well, uh, uh, aside, from, aside from the, aside from the, uh, aside from the, you know, waist thing, which which wasted about you know six seconds of our time. Uh, the the first thing that hits you about J Justin Trudeau, a lot of people say this, is he comes across in person when you're talking to him much smarter than he comes across in those sound bites on TV. Some of those sound bites are prepared. Some of those sound bites are rehearsed. Uh, some of those sound bites are regurgitated. It doesn't matter. Some of them just aren't that natural. Okay. Especially when he does that breathy thing when he, when he, you know, tries to sound like it's something he cares deeply about. Okay. So he, I, in my opinion, he doesn't do well with that. One of the things I love in terms of media, I love watching Justin Trudeau in French because in French, he's like 20 IQ points smarter than he is in English. And he doesn't do the breathy thing at all. He's much more confident that he's arguing with really smart people and it's a whole different act. It's just, it's just amazing. But that's the guy I meet in person. So the guy I meet in person is a lot brighter, a lot more together. There's no, no cliches. There's, there's no breathy. I want you to 
believe that I'm really passionately committed to the, you know, there's none of that, none of that stuff. Yeah. So he's, he's much more likable in person, I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I do. I, listen, I, I haven't met him. I know a lot of people that know him. Uh, I know people that have had certain experiences with him and I have yet to hear anybody say anything other than what you just said about the individual. Right. And it's funny again, because it is like in some circles, content circles, it's suicide to go. I like him, Right. Like it, it, if you, if you, if I was, if I was Ryan Jesperson, your boy, Ryan does a great job. And I'm like, I think Trudeau's great. It'd be like you'd never get another ad dollar again. Like you just, you kind of. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Ryan, especially by Alberta standards, is so much less predictable than most Alberta broadcasters. I mean, Alberta broadcasters. Oh, he's awesome. In general, in general, Alberta are afraid not to love the conservatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and dude, he does, he does an incredible job. Just, he does an incredible job walking that. that line. But my oh, point no, is this, is like, like even us talking about, because you and I were talking last yeah. night, I'm like, hey, I want to like dig into why people hate Justin Trudeau because yeah. there doesn't seem to be any metric, like real metric. Like, you know, a couple of days ago, it came out that the Indian government helped sell a whole bunch of fake memberships for their favorite leader of the conservative <laughs> party who happens That's to right. have won, right? Yeah. Pierre Polyev, the Indian yeah. government. Yeah. A little bit of if, foreign interference, yeah. If if there is an iota of that in Justin Trudeau's universe, right? I mean, the world would explode. Like it, we would just be sitting here having this, like all these guys going, "We told you so. We told you so." And not only is no one doing that with PR Polyev, the news isn't even reporting it. Like it no. came from Sam Cooper at the bureau. It didn't come from like any Ripley. And no. and and it's like, well, Justin Trudeau called someone a jerk today. Oh, let's met, go to I've Ottawa met, with trucks. Uh, I met I met Trudeau, and in person, he's likable, and people want to dislike me for saying that. Whatever. I've met Polyev in person, not likable. Do a comparison. <laughs> Can you do one? Well, yeah. I just what, it, what's Pipsqueak like one, in person? One 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 gives you the impression of a person who has always been a very self confident winner. Okay. Yeah. Someone who is always gathering, always playing addition, not subtraction. Yeah. And the, guy is a guy who just comes across to me as the guy with a permanent chip on his shoulder, a guy who's always out to get people, a guy who's, who's not building a coalition of people behind him, but sort of building a, an enemies list. And um, in, in my life, I've only lived my life for, you know, seven decades. So I haven't lived, you know, a thousand years, but you know, in my experience, small people, Look, what I'm describing with Polly have those kinds of characteristics, you know, the, the small people, the ones who get ones who are quick to paranoia, building petty shitheads, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff, you know, yeah. uh, the kind of guys who you know, used to get beat up a lot at, in school. I'm not saying I did any of the beating, but I'm just saying, you know, I just yeah, there's certain people everyone can relate to this. There's certain people you grew up with, certain people you go to school with, doesn't matter, elementary, middle, high school, doesn't matter, and they're, they're just the people who are almost inviting people to wail on them okay there's just something about their 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 character that really uh, attracts a lot of negative energy and that's what that's what polyev reminds me of and uh, will he grow up someday and and become a, a better human being I, I have no idea there there's still time um but at the moment it's just so obvious listening to his slogans listening to his uh, banter especially when he's bantering with with a, a a young reporter in an apple orchard. I'll never understand why conservatives. Wow, 
what a macho, what a man, Paulie. You know, he took on someone, you know, in terms of professional debating skills, he took on someone who can't spell debate and he whacked him. He won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which if you watch that interview in the Apple Orchard, he lost by virtue of opening up his fucking negative mouth. Like, pardon my language. I know I shouldn't swear on this podcast. But but if you saw Mike Tyson, right, beating up a six-year-old, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't call say, it courageous. What a guy. What a guy. Mike Tyson is. <laughs> but anyway, that, that's how that came across me. And, and that's, and, and you know, that's just a, a personal thing. I mean, we all, we all are subjective. We all have instincts. But my instincts on Trudeau versus Polyev has absolutely nothing to do with liberal versus Politics. conservative, this right. policy versus that. No, no, it's just as, as, human. as, as human beings. One yeah. of them, as a human being, one of them is a, is a winner. And the other one, not so much. No. And it's that easy for me. You know, a lot of people ask me, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, you know, call me names and call me a, a liberal apologist. Like my, my friends over at Canada Proud, when they uh, when we started pushing back. You over, got some friends there? Yeah, well, not. Yeah, yeah, good there? buddies. Yeah, really good buddies. They sued us for a couple hundred grand. So, um, you know, when they got some friends there, so they and, and they're an official agent of the Conservative Party of Canada, as you know, they're yeah, not news yeah. outlet. They're just a bunch of digital lobby guys. So, anyway, but bottom did, line is, let me just let me just say something. Not not yeah, to, yeah. in the interest of balance or anything just silly like that. Just they do what they do, okay, there you really go. well, and they and they're very effective. At doing what they do, it doesn't matter how much I agree or disagree with it. This has nothing to do with with policies. No. This has nothing to do with substance. I'm just saying they are professionals at what they do, and they're very effective for the Conservative Party of Canada. Incredible, and they were However, effective, I guess, for Doug Ford to set up the whole Doug Ford thing, right? Very, Ontario very effective. You got it. Yeah, it was, they, Ballingall did a, a great job. He and I guess he tried to do a great job on you. You, uh, yeah, it's not going great. They asked us to kind of put the, right, the Heisman the other day. No, it's none of my business. Well, none that's business. why I'm telling you because I want to share it with you. you, you so you. anyway, my bottom line is is that when we talk about um, the messaging that gets put out, um, it is it always amazes me. It always amazes me that they put out the same mean-spirited messages, not just that they put out mean-spirited stuff from their client, not right. not that not that news outlets are saying, you know, hey, uh, check this out. He's 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 a great guy. Yeah. It is always about. Yeah, I want a guy like that. Right. That's the guy Canada needs. We need someone who treats a senior citizen reporter just asking questions like shit. So we need we need someone who lies to you about a terror attack, which wasn't a terror attack. You need someone that lies to you about why he's, he's he's blocking aid to Ukraine, the people who are like literally being murdered daily. You're like, and, and he says, oh, it's about the carbon tax. And, and like the, the, the rinsing that goes on to convince everybody that you want a bad person to be your prime minister, because that's a bad person. That's what a bad person does. A bad person says, we don't want to help a country in need that's currently being genocided by, by uh, Vladimir Putler. Like we don't want that's a bad group of people that want bad things to happen to good people. That is really simple math for me. Really, really, really simple math. But the way that it resonates, that bad person, Joe Cowboy, F the world, yeah. F the media, the way that resonates with a certain group of people, 
is it, it continues to blow my mind because what we're they, really talking about is light and darkness here, absolutely, right? Absolutely, but they are very good. They are very good at talking to the market out there, that part of the market that wants to hear it. They do it better than others, and that's why they're successful. That's why they make they make money at it. I, I guess I guess in the suit they're they're trying to say that you're taking money out of their jeans. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to prove that. Well, we'll see. I'm really excited for them to prove it. <laughs> it's, it you know, <laughs> it's it's rare. I mean, I I, I have never seen a case in uh, in discovery, which is a process that people go through when they're involved in civil litigation. So yeah. Sometimes discovery is known as the the put up or shut up uh, kind of phase. And uh, in discovery, I, I guess uh, they're they have a burden to prove that they're losing money. <laughs> yeah, which like they aren't. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, and, that's, you're, and, that, and you're the and you're the reason they're losing money. So I mean, I, you know, good luck with that. And the only reason that would be the case is because I told the truth about something that they said. So in stark contrast, this is yeah. Pierre Polyev's gaslighting agency. And the, to your sure. point, incredible network. They, they've done an un, unreal job convincing large portions of Canada this place is a shithole. Right, it's and they're masterful to watch. But they're taking they're they're taking credit. I mean, the the, the group doesn't matter whether it's Canada Proud or the Conservative Party. Yeah. It's it's one 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 happy family. Okay, uh, so they're taking credit right now for the double digit lead they have in the polls. So I just think it's going to be very very hard for them on the one hand to say. We're doing really well. We're we're double digits ahead. If there were an election today, not only would we win, we'd win this this commanding majority. So it's hard on the one hand to say we're really successful right now. But um, this guy, uh, this guy Blundell, he's uh, he's hurting us. <laughs> you know, it's great great part in the lawsuit too, Chuck. Is where I'm happy to tell you this because I yeah. I'm happy to I'm I'm legally allowed to. So I'll tell you this. Okay. Part of their lawsuit, which made me laugh the hardest, was like he embarrassed us. <laughs> but who knows who knows i mean uh, i know maybe maybe part of this is just another way of ginning up publicity for themselves which they do a great job 100%. and maybe they 100%. feel that everything that you're doing right now and frankly that I'm, I'm doing right now with you uh as we spontaneously end up in this conversation maybe they, they maybe they're loving this because once again they're here get, get their names out there and remember yeah. something, um, the yeah. way politics works, um, you can get a lot of love from people who really intensely dislike the people who don't respect you. So I think that much of this is about Canada Proud being smart enough, there it is, I said it, or effective enough, to understand that making Dean Blundell an even bigger enemy and having him pissed off about this maybe schmaybe kind of lawsuit is nothing but good news for Canada Proud because Dean Blundell is going to be talking about Canada Proud every day. So, well, I mean, it's interesting. The, you know, they, they claim that they don't want you talking about them. Yeah. I have a feeling they love having you talk about them. And I have a feeling they're making money by you talking about them because their supporters who don't like you, many yeah. of them don't like me either, yep. are saying, hey, if, 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 if they're the ones who are getting under Dean Blundell's skin, I'm going to send another $100. Yeah. So just so you know, that is happening uh, to your point is that uh, Canada Proud, much like every other one of those third party agencies that acts what I say, in, in my opinion, which has been held up by several different major news outlets in bad faith as a news outlet, which they are not. 
Uh, they're an agent of the Conservative Party of Canada exclusively. And, and you know, the interesting part is, is that um, we and I updated everybody in the podcast yesterday um, and I've cleared this with our legal team is that uh, the the response that we got from them yesterday is, hey, can we just hurry this up, please? Because Dean is crushing us. <laughs> and I'm By like, wait. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm not done. So, way, so Dave, I think there's you, an opportunity why think, uh, there. Why, why yeah. do you think the conservatives um, at the moment, the, the current crop, of why do you think they loathe me as much as they do? I think they think you're a turncoat, dude. Yeah, I'm an apostate. Yeah, I think, and you, well, got, you, you, got that, you got that religious background. And if you're a zealot, a religious zealot, there's nothing a religious zealot hates more than someone who was part of the group and left. Like you said before, you got blood on your hands when it comes to the messaging system in conservative Canada, right? You do. And, the, you, and, and, and this is like there's a dude that I know. His name's Buzz Bishop. He's a good dude. He does radio in Ottawa. Um, and And he's like, when you join the network, he's like, why is Chuck joining the network? He's like the godfather of like right-wing messaging. I'm like, yeah, oh, that, he that, knows. And I think that's one of the reasons he yeah. is who he is today, if I'm not the reason, the, re the, re the, the The other reason that they can't stand me is because they know that I can do what they do exponentially better. <laughs> the, the record shows. They know, that, they know that for all their feeble effing talking points, yeah. I wrote thousands of much more effective talking points. Um, so it's, it, it, it really does aggravate the piss out of them that I'm not on their, uh, their team. Do they, do you, let me ask you, not something we've ever talked about. Might as well do it here. Cause we've uh, already sucked all the marrow out of the stuff we wouldn't talk about. So might as well keep sucking. It's so, getting to this, this thing is getting too true. We, 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 we promise people the truth, but we may be giving very people true. a little, little too much here of the truth. Um, do you. Since you've decided that, hey, listen, I need to stand up for the human beings in this country. I love this country. It is yeah. not what people are being told it is. Yeah. Um, what was the catalyst for it? And have you received a whole bunch of emails with just question marks from people in the conservative machine over the past well, couple it, of no, years? It was, it was the Kenny thing. You know, Kenny was like the Pope of Canadian conservatism. And I assassinated rhetorically on the show, my show. I, I assassinated the Pope, and I've been told that by by several different conservatives that you went too far. Uh, you didn't just you didn't just question him; you persecuted him. You didn't just persecute him; you crucified him. You didn't just kick him in the knee; you assassinated him. I mean, those are the kinds of phrases that are are used by by conservatives who are really really ticked off because they saw me as one of their most valuable players. They saw me as one of their ace pitchers mm -hmm. and uh, water carrier. One of them sluggers. Sluggers. I mean, I mm -hmm. I can pitch and I can hit. Mm -hmm. I can pitch talking points for my team, and I can hit, whack the hell out of the other team. I can pitch mm -hmm. and I can hit. That's what I was known for in the states and in Canada for conservatives, and uh, they uh, they'd rather have me on the team. And they're ticked off that I uh, I threw down with Kenny. And after I threw down with Kenny, I wasn't. Uh, attacking the hell out of conservatives. Conservatives decided to boycott my show and say a whole bunch of uh, nasty things about me and publish some stuff. Uh, what was the uh, content of the conversation? We can talk about that, right? It was over the LGBTQ community. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I just, I just felt that uh, it was time for Jason Kennedy to offer an apology to the LGBT community in general, but especially because of some stuff that, that went on, on in San Francisco where he was a, a so-called pro-life activist that took things um, 
a little too hard. A little yeah, too didn't far. he have the just, perspective back then? And this is a documented perspective of his that yeah. he really did try to run run away with, which is why he's perfect for the conservative party. His documented perspective back then was that gay people, gay couples, shouldn't be allowed to visit each other in hospice if they well, were that, that's, that's 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 the part that uh, got in, into my craw, and I really mm. I, I, I needed I needed an apology, and that wasn't going to happen. But yeah, he was part of a, a movement in San Francisco where he wanted to make sure. That there was a that there was local legislation that prevented gay partners from visiting their dying partners in hospices, and beyond that, not just to visit their dying partners. And I wanted to stop people, gay lovers, gay partners, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use. Uh, the best you're, you're you're dying, you're gay, and you're dying of AIDS in a hospice in the San Francisco area. And the person who you are the closest to, your very best friend, your partner, is not allowed to visit you in the hospice. And then beyond that, he took it to not even allowed to attend your funeral. So for me, that was several bridges too far. Mm-hmm. And I wanted an apology. And uh wasn't going to happen. But you did this live on the radio. Unfortunately for <laughs> Mr. Kenny and the conservatives. I did it live. <laughs> and the only reason the only reason it happened is because Kenny didn't want to back off yeah. on a candidate he had in Alberta. Okay. I don't know, about an hour and a half out of Edmonton. Uh rural rural Alberta riding. And uh, the guy had said a bunch of nonsense that was uh, anti-gay, it was anti-female, it was anti-human, it was it was a bunch of crap. And this guy was uh, gonna be the I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, no doubt in Kenny's mind, everyone knew that. They were going to form government. The UCP was going to form government because the, this time you had a, a conservative movement that was united. It wasn't disunited. You kind of didn't have the NDP going up the middle. This time it was the United Conservative Party. Um, anyway, so there was no doubt that Jason Kenney was going to be prime minister, but going to be premier of Alberta in a few weeks. And this guy uh, who said all these things on tape was going to be the education minister. So I just felt on behalf of many people in Alberta that Alberta deserves better. Alberta deserves to have an education minister who's somewhat educated. Um, you know, I'm not asking for much, just asking for him not to be the education minister. So I had to go after Kenny a number of times uh, just to stop that from happening. Finally, at some point, he said, uncle, and he said, okay, but the guy, I won't, he won't be the education minister. But it was that kind of interview that went off, uh, went off the rails. But as soon as that went off the rails, now, here's the dangerous part, and there's not a lot of people understand this part about what we do or what we did for a living, right? Yeah. Y- you knew that that, y- like, you couldn't help yourself. You had to speak your conscience in that moment. Well, because right? he, tre- he, tre- he was treating me the way Pierre Polyev was treating the guy in the apple orchard, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jason Kenny knew me, and he knew me very well, and he'd known me for a long time. So here he is on this interview. Uh, you know, he, at first he said that the, the tape that everybody heard, the tape that he actually commented on, I think the day before, where this this guy was in a this uh, MLA was in a church saying all these things. Um, the interview started with Kenny like denying that he ever even heard the tape, and he, like I say, he was treating me like a junior, like a cub uh, reporter. So he was dissing me. And, uh, you know, a person has a choice to make on a, on a show like that, with a platform like that. You can either uh, burn your credibility down by allowing, in this case, the newsmaker to dump all over you, or you can fight back. And uh, my grandmother raised me. Uh, my grandmother did not raise me 
uh, to be a suck, uh, mm-hmm. to be a, a wimp, uh, to be a wuss, uh, to be a water carrier. Uh, Jason Kenney knew all those things about me. Jason Kenney knew me very well. So I was, yeah, I was uh, in, on live radio. I was shocked that the man was treating me this way. So I had to, um, you know, assert yourself. You know, I mean, in the world I was raised in, I mean, you know, if, 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 if your opponent brings a knife, you bring a gun. Me too. Uh, and if he wants to come at me with his little pen knife, I'll get the steak knife. Uh, and that, then that's what happened. I'm, you know, I, I know this sounds to some people, this sounds rather arrogant, but because Jason Kenny knew my mind, knew the kind of imagery that I was using, whether it was uh, writing, sometimes writing for others, sometimes writing for myself. I am to this day, and I, I, I don't think this will ever, ever stop. To this day, I'm still stunned that he would take me on. Stunned. I, I remember that break, as we call it in radio, a break. I remember, by the way, I cannot find the audio of that anymore. No, they, Some, uh, the, the, the company or someone in the company made it. sure that it, it uh, would disappear, and it did disappear. Yeah. The tra- there's a transcript of it online. It's on, uh, a, it's on, it's on a CBC <laughs> thing because CBC, as it happens, interviewed me, I guess, the day after uh, it happened. It made news, and they interviewed me, and uh, so they've got the, the, they've got the, they attached the transcript of that interview I did with Kenny, if you can call it an interview. You know, so the gunfight at the OK Corral. So it's on a CBC site. You can just Google Adler Kenny as it happens. Adler Kenny CBC, and it'll it'll go there. I'm going to Google it and then publish it today. Um, thank you very much for reminding me. But to your point, and when a lot of people ask me, you know, about you um, and about me, or about you know how we align, there's something that you did there. Like a lot of people will look at that like it's a pissing match between, you know, a conservative columnist or radio host and a for and a, you know, a soon to be premier. Uh, a lot of people will look at that like it was this, this battle of ideologies. No, 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 no. I'll tell you how I look at it. Because I remember when you did it going, guy's going to throw his whole career away. Sure enough, um, you know, the conservative machine left you in the dust after that. And they thought you were an enemy combatant. and They still do. And you're now saying, all right. Well, that's it. I'm just going to speak my mind and we'll let the ham fly where it where it flies. Yeah. But you know what you did there that I thought was incredible? And I remember thinking this when I when I read about it, when I listened to it, the audio just disappeared days after. <laughs> I thought that gentleman didn't just risk his privilege for the LGBTQ community. That guy put his whole career on the line. Like you put your entire career, lifelong relationships you stood in front of that group and you gave it all away in what? Three minutes. How long was that interview? Three yeah, to five minutes. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'll, I'll never make the case that it was good for my career. It, it wasn't, uh, you know, I was making a very good living being, you know, a, a conservative, uh, talk show host and, and, and beyond that, you know, big part of the conservative movement. Uh, the movement was not nasty to me. Movement was generous with me and certainly the, the base, the, the people who uh, vote conservative and support conservatives uh, were very good to me for a number of years. So none of this is, I have no animus uh, toward them at all. But no, it wasn't uh, what I would call a positive for my career. But it did come down to um, the LGBTQ 
community, which I thought uh, Jason Kenney was taking advantage of. I thought Jason Kenney was supporting people who were taking advantage of, of the community. I, I didn't, I didn't uh, enjoy that at all. And that became the issue that night. And Jason Kenney, in my opinion, uh, lost a, a character test that night. And he had been someone that I was very supportive of. I was supportive of Jason Kenney succeeding uh, Stephen Harper. I, I wanted Stephen Harper to take a walk in the snow, have a little convention, and have Kenny win that. So I was I was definitely in Jason Kenny's camp for a very very long time. So no, it didn't. Uh, I can't call it uh, uh, a bonus for my career and anything like that. Uh, but the LGBT community is important to me for one uh, central reason, and uh, I may have mentioned it on the show. Uh, I certainly told uh, as it happens. When I was asked about it, uh, Carol Off was the host, and she said, uh, "What is it? Uh, you know, what what is it about the LGBT community? What, what, why do you feel this personal um, affection, affinity, whatever language Carol was using that night?" And I just said to Carol, uh, "What I'll say right here, what I'll say to anybody: um, My grandparents at Auschwitz shared a chimney with gay men. Mm. Hitler wanted to execute, wanted to liquidate." wanted to exterminate gay men just as much as he wanted to exterminate the Adlers. And uh, there's a bond that forms over that, that to me is a hell of a lot stronger than uh, the idea of me spending the rest of my life uh, being known as a conservative talk show host. Mm. And with that, you get the soul of my mentor, my very good friend, and he should be the conscience of journalism in this country, should be the conscience of media in this country. And let me just go out on a limb and say, any man who's willing to, straight white man, no matter where you're from, who's willing to risk his career and his privilege, and you put it all on the line, and you rolled the dice, blew in your hand, you threw it out. Any person that's willing to do that, I have not just an immense amount of respect for, that's leadership. That is true leadership. That is empathy. That is humanity. And the opposite of that is what we are seeing. And it is one of the reasons why what Chuck is doing, what he's talking about, it's one of the reasons why the gentleman who we started talking about, Justin Trudeau, is hated as much as he is because he stands up for those people. He stands up for marginalized communities. He stands up for the LGBTQ community. And I find it amazing as these as my wheels are turning, and these, these are crusty old wheels, by the way, because I'm 50, crusty old wheels, as the wheels are turning, to be able to put it back in perspective, to go, what is one of the, the most pointless wars we've watched waged against human beings? And it's against the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. And it has been by the same group of people. And there's one person in this country that stands behind a lot of that, and his name's Pierre Polyev. And it, 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 is, it is uniquely conservative in its values. It is uniquely conservative in its anger. It is unique that way. And so when you've got a gentleman whose bread was buttered by that unique perspective for a long time, say, you know what? I'm done. And when you get another four or five years of that and you get death threats towards the prime minister based on that, or when he went to the Barbie movie and he's wearing the gear and he's, everybody's like, you're a flaming this and you're that. And then, and then you see Brett Weinstein wearing the same color pants in a picture or sorry, Brett, what's his name? Uh, Brett, uh, see Brett Wilson wearing the same pink pants and the same pink shirt in like a, 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 and he's like calling the, the guy gay. It is amazing to me 
that this is even a conversation. This is about values. This is about inclusiveness. This is about the kind of country that we want. And that gentleman right there on my left on this screen, that gentleman, Charles Adler, um, a lot of people didn't know that story. And we, we come around on Tuesdays to talk truth, right? To talk about the truth. And the fact that you're able to tell that story now confidently and that we can put it in its rightful place in one of the most impactful moments in radio, political radio history in this country. And it, we can also use it to tell a story, which is you got to decide what candidate you want. You got to decide who you're going to line up behind. And if you're going to line up behind people who are willing to tell this man that he's no longer part of their institution because he stood up for the LGBTQ community, maybe you want to think again. My uh, thoughts. Uh, Bob Dylan sang a song which was important uh, to me and to a lot of other people. And it was uh, called You Gotta Serve Somebody. If you've never heard it, get on Spotify, get on YouTube, uh, find it. You gotta serve somebody. I firmly believe that. You've gotta serve a cause larger than yourself. I serve Canada. I'm in service of Canada every day. Um, and there are a number of reasons for that. But I, if I have to give you just one, we uh, screwed up when we left uh, Hungary and we were in a refugee camp in Austria. Uh, we screwed up. My, my father, of course, was the head of the family, the traditional nuclear family and all that. He had a gorgeous wife, my mom, and she was the lookout. <laughs> there was no way we were getting out of there without her. Um, she was also the person who planted the seed in my dad's mind that we had to, we had to get the hell out of there and, uh, and go somewhere, somewhere that uh, we could have some, some real freedom, genuine freedom. And um, my, uh, my father, for whatever reason, he never told me, for whatever reason, told the American Immigration Authority, of course, my father's speaking in Hungarian, but they've got a translator. When they're asking him about what he thinks of the government, and it was supposed to mean, what do you think of the government that you're fleeing from? I mean, you're a refugee. You're supposed to simply say uh, that, well, I, I, I'm fleeing because of the government. The government is, is wicked. The government is, is a dictatorship, and I want to go to a free country. It's, it's not difficult. That's exactly what was on my mom's brain and on my father's brain and probably on my two-and-a-half-year-old mind's brain. And uh, my father screwed up. He was so used to, over the years, uh, saying he supports uh, the government, whatever. He just said, uh, he's kind of a throwaway phrase, he said, I, I, I have no problem, I have no trouble with the government, no, no problem with the government. Wrong thing to say to the U.S. Immigration Authority when you're applying for political refugee status, dead wrong. And they kicked us out of the line. And at that point, we're in a crisis. Where are we going to go? Who's going to accept us? Who's going to believe us after we screwed up by saying what he said? Mm. Canada. Canada never held it against my father that in a, an incredibly stressful situation, he didn't, he didn't rehearse his talking point uh, and uh, said the wrong thing. Canada didn't hold it against him that day. Canada has never held it against him since he's passed on. He passed a few years ago at Austin. And they've never held it against me. My entire life is a thank you card to Canada because Canada believes in second chances. Mm -hmm. And if you 
believe in second chances and you want to give people second chances, people who aroused your suspicion, maybe even your anger, maybe even your hate. If you want to give people a second chance, in my mind, you're a great Canadian. That's what this country is about. I am so proud to be a Canadian, so proud to be doing this. And yes, in that moment when I had a, a bit of a, a throwdown with, with Jason Kenney, I was thinking about Canada. Yes, it was the LGBT community, but as a Canadian, I felt that I had to take a side. He forced me to take a side. You know, am I siding with him and his, his homophobic person who he wanted to make an education minister? Or am I siding with the LGBT community? And that night, the community won and he lost. And I couldn't be more proud to support the community that I did. Because that was, in my opinion, the Canadian thing to do. And I always want to do the Canadian thing. I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> I, I took my chapeau to you. I took my chapeau <laughs> to you. By the way, chapeau is a French word for people hat. who don't know. Yeah, for yeah, hat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think as, 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 as much as this is distasteful to some people, but once again, in the pursuit of the truth and relentlessly as we like to do, I think that's another thing that even though Canada is well over 100 years old and should be more mature than this, I think the fact that Justin Trudeau is seen by the people who hate him as French, I think that also adds to the, to the vitriol. For oh, some well, reason, then if, if he's French, reason, then I totally get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. I was just like, no. you know, I grew up in, I grew up in, you know, uh, everyone knows now how I feel about Canada, but I grew up in yeah. uh, French Canada as it was sometimes known as, and uh, I just don't know how you can grow up in Quebec and um, party with your neighbors, your French neighbors, and maybe even some, some of their daughters. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can enjoy the joie de vie in La Belle Provence and hate on on the French. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Now, I got to tell you something. I I love the French. Um, I love the fact that we have a uniquely French province in this country. Um, absolutely support the preservation of parts of French history. I think it's a beautiful thing. Like I think. We should be sticking up for everybody's history in this country. We should not be telling people that they're wrong for the things that they believe unless the things that they believe are truly hateful and exclusionary. And then it's like fucking gloves off. I'm, I'm happy to do that. I think the rest of us should. And that is uniquely Canadian, too, right, is the ability for Canada to police its own. And I think we're starting to see that. I think we're starting to see people like you that have hearts like you, that have the ability to communicate like you, tell the truth. So thank you for doing that today. Appreciate it. Charles, the truth-telling Wolverine. Ladies and gentlemen, well, uh, thank, thank you, uh, thank you so much. Uh, you know, um, I expected we'd be telling the truth here because that's what we do, but I didn't expect to um, get as emotional as I did about uh, some of the topics that uh, you wanted to get into. And uh, once again, a tip of the chapeau, a tip of the hat. I salute you. You're able to get out of me what uh, many people are not. Uh, I've said this before uh, to Ryan. Uh, you know, you, you're the two guys who uh, got me involved in, in podcasting. And it's uh, like having a brand new life all over again. I feel like a, a two and a half year old baby again, about to discover Canada. And I just can't thank you and uh, Ryan enough for getting me to want to get out of bed in the morning. 
Oh, dude, we're just happy to have you around because we think we're the cock of the walk and we need someone to tap us down <laughs> once in a while. That's the thing is that we got to have you around because you regulate us. Uh, it's our pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Charles. Your podcast is outstanding. I encourage everybody to go download it. The Charles Adler podcast, anywhere you get your fine podcast. Give my friend Charles a follow. Uh, he is the conscience of journalism in this country and should be. People should regulate themselves according to what he does and says. At Charles Adler is where you can find him on Twitter. Buddy, great to see you. This was a joint that show. A- that doesn't mean it was a, a show brought to you by uh, any organization. Ian Chuck, Chuck uh, and Dean. Uh, selling cannabis. It's not a can- we're not a cannabis product. We're, a, a, we're, we're brain food, though. Uh, we're uh, food for people who uh, are craving the truth. And this was a joint. We don't. We don't have we got a name for this show yet? Because I just call it uh, Chuck. Chuck puts up with Dean for thirty-five to fifty minutes. Okay. Can we well, call it this? That? Was this was a joint show? This will be on the Dean Blundell Show podcast and also the Charles Adler Show podcast yes, because uh, we are true um, podcasting uh, brothers, and uh, I'll find better better language for it. But um, we're um, we're sharing a lot of uh, good stuff here, and I just want to say something to the audience here. Yeah, please. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.